Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening, Razorback Nation. Welcome to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast live from the Electrical Supply Guys studios, part of the Believe and Buzz Radio Networks, where you can hear us on all podcast podcast platforms as well as the Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. I'm your host, Porter Hayes of Sports and Culture Arkansas, and always with me is Jacob Davis from Arkansas Fight and Saturday Down South. All live shows are presented by Arkansas Brewing Company in beautiful downtown Ozark, Arkansas. And as always, we are powered by Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market odds and lines. So find reviews and news for every league. And Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. So head to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And where we will start with this is Arkansas's 44 30 win over South Carolina. I mean, for the most part, looked really dominant at times. They kind of slacked off, and we'll get into that later. But 44-30 was your final score, and we just learned a, a few, I would say a couple hours ago, that Drew Sanders, much deserved, is your Walter Camp National Player of the Week. No co, you know, hold the co, as we like to say in SEC land. But, Jacob, we we both got to watch most of the game, so you know what was your your takeaways from the overall performance, your your positives, negatives, and what's the biggest thing they really need to, uh, you know, work on with with Bobby Petrino coming up next week. Yeah, so the whole thing about Bobby Petrino is he's gonna like to throw the ball, man, and so really it, can they shore up the pass defense? I'm not really scared of what. Uh, Missouri State can do uh, offensively because I think Arkansas will be able to take care of business. But uh, the pass defense uh, was there. It was it was improved to me from week one just a little bit. Yeah, the uh, the box score shows that Spencer Rattler threw for 375 yards, but 185 of those yards came from uh, from like in the first three quarters. So Arkansas really kind of led up, like we said. Uh, uh, later in the game with about seven minutes to go. But overall, it was a solid performance for Arkansas, a, uh, a, a game that, you know, they really needed to win to, uh, to prove to pollsters that, hey, Arkansas is back and they're ready. And, uh, and, and being top ten, Drew Sanders having a heck of a performance, 11 tackles uh, and, and, like, two sacks and, like, almost, I think, what, two or three uh, forced fumbles. He was all over the place. He was everywhere, man, especially in the first half. And then you have KJ and Rocket. Uh, I mean, obviously one of the biggest uh, uh, duos in the backfield in the country. Rocket having a career-high day. Man, uh, shout out to him. Uh, But, man, it was a really really good day for Arkansas. Offensively, defensively, there was really – Nothing you could say bad. Maybe kind of limit the uh, personal foul penalties, the hands to the face penalties. Um, yes, and the, the, yeah, the penalties is what really killed Arkansas. Uh, but yeah, I think overall it was a good day. The final score 
wasn't vindicative of what the game has actually actually played out because I think this could have been like a 40 to 14 game instead of 44 to 30. Yeah, but I, here, here's where I'll, I'll, I'll counter that is because with, with seven minutes left in the game, I think they kind of let their foot off the pedal a little bit, and and they played yeah. a little lax and let I I because I can't say that well the score yes it should have been worse but you know the defense laxed up and let them come back and score the you know and score you know this this wasn't on backups this was on starters. You know, the secondary yeah. kind of got, you know, exposed a little bit and let them, you know, kind of what we were talking about during Cincinnati week. You can't let a team sneak in because if you just by chance let a team sneak up on you, I mean, look at the high school ranks. I mean, I know SEC is different than high school, but Greenwood come back on north side, 18 points in three minutes. I mean, it yeah. can happen. I mean, and it's happened in, in, in college games, but just for that momentum because – when you're playing your Alabamas, you're playing your Ole Misses, you're playing Auburns, you're playing Georgias, Kentuckys, Tennessees, th- these teams that you're going to have to play a four-quarter game, <clears throat> to me it's like you need to keep your – not really run up the score, but you need to keep your momentum going. You need to keep everything because there's going to be a time where you're going to lax up and they're going to come back and then you're trying to run a two-minute offense to take the lead. You know, look yeah. look at the, the, the Alabama-Texas game. I mean, it was just a really horrible game as a whole, and Bama was left having to struggle and, and and score at the end and kick the field goal. Which that third down play where Young got out of the, I mean, how that kid just bounced off of him and didn't wrap him up was, I mean, it was it was. Uh, what am I trying to say? It looked just exactly like the Auburn game last year, you know, between Alabama and they didn't wrap him up, but. That's the only negative thing I have to say about the game. When I was critical last week about how KJ was missing those throws, I didn't see him really, from what I've seen, make a bad throw. I didn't see him make any bad plays. I didn't see him underthrow people. And my offensive, you want to talk about somebody that is a dog. And I, I mentioned that during the game, and that's Hazelwood. I mean, that dude, I mean, when he shoved that South Carolina player, and he showed that raw emotion. Like, he wants to win. He want. I mean, like you said, a dog, just like Drew Sanders is all over the place. You get guys like that on the right. offensive, defensive. That's what we were talking about in the preseason. You get a guy on offense. You get a guy on defense that sits there and pumps it up. That's what's going to get you these wins when otherwise you wouldn't. Yeah. And you're right. And seeing the Hazelwood – and seeing uh, Matt Landers bounce back after uh, dropping that ball, seeing Warren Thompson in the back of that end zone, know he's about to absorb a hit mm-hmm. and still come down with a touchdown. That that was that showed me that these guys want it more. And we were worried uh, during the offseason and, and during the uh, preseason uh, training camp, who's going to replace Traylon Burks? And we said it was going to have to be by committee. And guess what? It has been by yeah. committee. And they're doing great, and they're doing well. Uh, something that you know what we've been wanting to see out of this team, uh, especially uh, especially after their outback bowl performance, is where are the receivers? You've got Trey Knox. You know who you have in Matt Landers. You have Hazelwood. You've got uh, uh, Knox. I know I'm missing Warren Thompson. Knox. I mean, you've got five or six legit guys that can go out there and catch you a pass. And and I think he's completed a. Uh, 
at least one pass to nine different receivers this season. That is a really good stat. That that's gonna you know I noticed too, and, and on that touchdown pass, I believe it's to Warren Thompson. If you noticed, Hazelwood was going toward the middle of the field. He drew yeah. two people on him, so he's getting that respect that people's gonna. And it made Thompson cheat over and, and right down the middle of the field. So if you're already getting that respect of, we need to key on him, and and it makes guys confused. I don't know if it was a a. a breakdown on the defensive side of the ball where one guy went and another guy, you know, he was supposed to stay off, but it gets that respect of knowing we need to keep an eye on him and you lose track of where you're at. And then it ends up being, and that's a game changer. That that's moments like that is all it takes is one minute lapse to where you're catching and, and you're wide open and go to the end zone. Same thing with the defense. I mean, Hudson Clark had him a day. He graded out the, the best, but I do want to kind of say that, all of that is just kind of like um, Spencer Rattler bragging about his 370 yards, but yet you're still making these these decisions like the intentional grounding and the, and the interceptions. Hudson yeah. Clark had him a game, but he did make some errors where he was not turning his head. It was mental errors, knowing where you're at on the football field, that could yep. sit there and hurt you because – you, we talk about these third-down conversions. Some of these were on third down and long where he was just – I mean, Rattler just was throwing a, a bomb down the field. He didn't get turned around enough, and all of a sudden he made – I mean, one second, all it takes is where you don't make a play on the ball, guy catches it. So, I'm not saying – I'm not going to sit here and say he was playing horrible, but you do have no. to account for those moments where they catch that and run into the end zone. If you're playing in Alabama or playing somebody else – it's a fourth quarter game, and you're trying to hold somebody off. They're going to start picking on you, and until he really, sh- you know, those one on one situations, they put a big guy out there, a big receiver out there on the edge. He's gonna, it's going to be like a liability. But again, that's where film comes in. That's where things, all of this, can be, you know, fixed. This is nothing that he's not got the talent. He's shown us he's got the talent in the headspace and the awareness to strip that fumble. Yeah, and talk about Nudie McLaughlin. I know we talked about how great of a stud Drew was, but Nudie McLaughlin, man, he it's almost Nudie Island out there. Uh, I mean, the guy's picking passes off, and I think that uh, pass interference call in the third quarter was absolute trash that got South Carolina – that pretty much got South Carolina the score. It was on back-to-back plays with Landon Jackson. Well, the, and, and if you look plays. at that one play, they missed. They missed yeah. that push-off. And that's where I'll cut Clark's on, on Clark some slack. Yeah. Is it, you know if you look at the law, uh, you know you look at the letter of the law when it comes. Out, if you extend your arm out, that should be an offensive pass interference. The guy clearly Absolutely. extended his arm out on Clark, so I'll cut him some slack on the, you know on that play. But yeah, I was saying the same thing. You cannot. And what up, Chuck? Always listening to us on every episode, watching in, tuning in, and commenting. We see you, man. Corey, our main man, Corey Hyman, also looking in. But, you know, back to Clark, you know, that's where you've got to stave off those. You really got to kind of not let him push you off like that because that's a 50-50 call. Are they going to yeah. call it? And, yeah, I think, you know, them not calling that, but yet calling that pass interference that was not a pass interference could have changed the game. Yeah. And, and, and you know, there was several plays there. And I'm not going to say that officiating was the reason this game was close. But it had its part in yeah. it because there was two personal foul calls on two separate possessions. 
that that were able to keep the drives going for South Carolina. And I know it had to probably be because of the Spencer Rattler uh, factor, because everybody wants to everybody wants to talk about how great he is. Oh, he came from Oklahoma. He was a former Heisman contender. He was he's passing for three hundred something yards a game. And he's gonna he's gonna light up Arkansas. And we and we have a like yesterday on the TV they played a video of and some highlights of Spencer Rattler and how great he is. But, man, put some respect on K.J. Jefferson. The guy has not turned the ball over this season, man. He is playing lights out, mistake-free football, getting the job done, and he's not getting any uh, respect of it from it nationally. Yeah, we're Tebow having. The top ten. And Tebow didn't even have him in his top five preseason. That's SEC. That's not national. man. No. That's SEC. And, and Tebow didn't have him in his top five. Jordan Rodgers did, but he had Spencer Rattler as a second quarterback overall on his list. Well, and that just so, shows you're going off hype. Yeah. You're going off of yeah. – you're, you're trying to yeah. you're trying to get – and this is where in, – in that national media where you're trying to be first and not right. You, you're trying to get ahead of the darling, and you're trying to get a saying, see, we said it from the get-go that he was just going to come to the, to the East and he was going to come to the SEC – and my questions for Rattler, he's got all the talent in the world. Does he's, he's he Duke? And I mean, he, he threw that fifty-yard bomb on a scramble that, and he overthrew the guy from the fifty-yard yeah. line. So it's it's here. He needs to grow up because it's, you look at after the game. Well, I've done this. I done that. I feel like I laid everything out on the line. You cannot, as the captain of that team in the offense, you can't sit there and say, I think I did this, but my team come up short. I threw for 370 against this four-side, three-side defense. That doesn't matter if you're making these mistakes. You've got to hold yourself accountable because what is that saying to your teammates? What's that saying to your coach? That you're not mentally where you need to be to lead this team. Yeah, and, and obviously there's no I in team either. I mean, that's the, that's the old saying, but it's true. There is no I in team. And Spencer, no matter what he's done in the past, no matter he had lost three uh, two games up until this point as a starting quarterback until Saturday. I mean, there is no I in team. And I don't know what kind of prima donna mess he, he has going on in his head. But look, man, he, he's got to get right, and he's got he's to realize that, hey, this isn't. This world's not about me, and and especially in the professional ranks, it's not about him either. Well, and so he better get he, it quick. They got Georgia that. next week. Yeah. they're a twenty-six yeah, point has, dog. Yeah, he may have. He may need an attitude adjustment, and getting hit one time by one of them Georgia defensive linemen might do it. Yeah, and, and you know we had you know Spurs up show you know and we had a great conversation about it. You know they're. I think they're a year behind Arkansas when it comes to rebuilding their program, and that's why I think it's very important to you look at a guy like what Felipe Franks did for Arkansas, now K.J. Jefferson. You know, they don't make mistakes. They hold on to the ball. And you got Spencer Rattler that was doing this, and then, you know, Chuck Pendergrass is saying if K.J. played for any team but the Hogs, he would be in the Heisman talk. Here's where I disagree, because now they're getting this national darling attention. Everybody loves Sam Pittman. They jump from 16 to 10. If they didn't have that narrative of where they liked Arkansas and what Arkansas was doing, you're playing in the SEC. Get I I will guarantee you, not the Texas A&M game because they're playing like trash, and we'll get in that after the break after our 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 commercials. But 
you win that Alabama game, you need to have a Heisman moment to get mm-hmm. in the Heisman talk. KJ's had his yeah. SEC moments. He's had his great moments. But if you want to get into that Heisman talk, you better play your tail off and have a Heisman moment against Alabama because I guarantee you Alabama looked beatable. They looked Absolutely. very – and where they're looking the weakest at – is on Arkansas' strengths. They're looking the weakest on the line. Now, their defensive line's really good. Will you still got Will Anderson to account for, but they don't have anybody really i seen wide receiver-wise that can, you know, I mean, he was, you know, Bryce Young was scrambling. So if you, you contain Bryce Young, you can beat Alabama. You double-team Will Anderson, and then you pick up the rest – that holds off that. I mean, and Will Anderson's a freak. He he he's going to be a freak in the NFL. He's going to be a number one draft pick or a top ten draft pick. But if you contain them, they're beatable. And and yeah. when's the last time you've really been able to say that Alabama's been beatable? Man, it's probably not been. Maybe it's probably been eight years. Yeah, Lane Kiffin's first year as offensive coordinator. That's the last time I can remember saying because I think that they had Blake Sims at quarterback. He he made a few mistakes, you know, but. I, they ended up making the college football playoff that year, but ended up losing to Ohio State in the first round. Is that right? I, Who's that? Serving correct? Ohio State did Alabama. beat Alabama. Yeah, yeah in the first, right. yeah, in the first round, and and they were beatable that year because Arkansas only lost by one in Fayetteville. But look, man, that team, Arkansas's team that year, this is a whole different different season, a whole different setup. I mean, you 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 have every single piece you want to have in your best 22 players, maybe your best 30 players. Arkansas doesn't have the depth that they uh, have to maybe compete with Alabama every single year, but this could be the year with the senior leadership and stuff. And we'll have to get into that two weeks later, two or three weeks from now, because you still got Missouri State, Texas Exactly. A&M. Yeah, we don't want to jump so, ahead of ourselves, and that's where no, we've always – because no. even though Texas A&M, you know, laid an egg, there's, there's, this is where in the, the state of where we are in college football – it's fight or flight for Texas A&M. Are you going to fight, or is half your team going to go to the you know the portal? Or, or is half your shame. team going to you know? But I'm I'm kind of I'm laughing at it because Jimbo Fisher is a fraud. There's a lot of people I've said that as long as I can remember him coming from Florida State. You know, you're giving him yeah. all this money, and it, it was funny that after the game, I. I Posted a, a water boy thing and it says, you know, Mama paid all, you know, all the boosters paid all that money for all them five stars and they get beat by a, a, a school who made Wardle, you know, App State, you know. So it it's one of them things that we look at also two weeks ago when we're talking about how this is the strongest or the most difficult schedule. I don't think so anymore. If you look at the way Texas A&M is playing, if you look at the way Alabama's playing, you've seen what you got out of South Carolina. You you don't have to play, you know, Georgia. You know, you're looking at the teams on your schedule and they're not playing that well. Not saying they can't turn it around. And I'll tell you what, it was funny that first drive to South Carolina, you know, I was look I mean, they looked good and they were moving the ball. Yeah. But once they got their bearings and got going, it wasn't so bad. But you know, also with with the rumblings, with you know, losing Catalan again, and and Slusher is projected, and it's being you know reported that he's out till the A and M game. You know, that's a big hit too. But that shows you the difference. That team probably knew, 
And there's a lot of people. But what here's this is what I want to say and address about that. Look, when you're dealing with an injury and you're dealing with someone's career, you need to make sure that it is being reported by the school. It is being reported by TV, media, because if you even if it's right and you're putting it out there to be first, I mean, it's not a good look because that that's you're you're talking about now. It's not like this guy's benched or this guy's leaving the portal. You're dealing with injury and a person's health, and you're if you go out there and say things, it and you're going to get slammed for it because you're that's not our lane to break that. It's it's Catalans and it's the school. It's all about respect, and I know it's been thrown out there and reported, but. We reported it, we retweeted it, and took it down because of the fact that we looked and didn't see anybody else reporting it, so we took it down because you need to make sure that everybody else is on board with sharing that type of information. Whether you're right or wrong, you still have to show the respect that if he is hurt, because here's what we're doing. Yeah, we, we're going ahead and putting it out there, but like they said, what if they wanted to hold this information from Texas A&M or wait till the Texas A&M game? Even though they knew it or not, you still want to try to hold that competitive edge, and that's where now they have to come out with a statement and talk about it before they're wanting to. Yeah. And and going back to uh, what you were saying about A&M, I know, we've, I, I know it's been said, and I, I know everybody knows what happened on, on Twitter on, on Friday night. I think it was the wrong time, wrong place, wrong time to have to say that, especially with South Carolina coming in. Because, I mean, South Carolina probably knew that Catalan wasn't going to play. But, you know, there's still that if factor, you know, if he was going to play or not. And there was reports saying that they were preparing for him not. They did report that after the game. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, going back to the Texas A&M thing, it's crazy to me, though, that they paid so much for this recruiting class. You've, (laughs) You've had top five. You've been stacking top five. After top five, after top ten recruiting class, yep. ever since Kevin Sumlin was a head coach there, as the uh, after A uh, and M joined the SEC, and and they are still going eight and four, as my buddy Ryan Harris would say, and I mentioned it in a tweet yesterday. It's time to start calling Texas A and M Texas eight and four with the dollar sign. Well, they might be seven and five. They might not even get eight wins. They may go six and six. Because it it wasn't like this was a fluke play where where App State, they controlled the ball 41 minutes. 41. And the thing is this, and and App State's not the FCS team that they were when they beat Michigan with Armani Edwards back in 2007. Yeah. This is a a, uh, group of players, a program that is a solid one. I mean, Georgia Southern. Uh, upset Nebraska, and what was the other one out of the uh, Sun Belt East Conference? Marshall. That beat it. Marshall, and they went up there and beat Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Well, and and the week before though, App State had a shootout, sixty a basketball shootout with North Carolina, and got beat by them. You know, North Carolina pulled it up sixty six sixty three, but I mean they were in it and they could and should have won that game. So it, it's not like they. Beat North Carolina by 14 coming into this game like they had a chance. This was – they gave up – I can't remember, had four or 500 yards to North Carolina. And I want to say Texas A&M had less than 200 yards against them. It wasn't very much. They only ran 38 plays. Yeah. They had two plays that went for, I think, plus 30 yards. Yes. And yeah. both of those were under A-chain. 
Yep. I mean, if Arkansas, Arkansas may be biting at the bit just to face this team. I know they're going to have to get through Missouri State, which I think is is absolutely doable. But, man, I hope they open up a can against Texas a and uh, I know I'm supposed to not be a huge fan on this show, but the heck with it. I hope they absolutely demolish Texas A&M and, and, and squeeze every little bit of life out of them for the next five years because Jimbo's not going anywhere. No, this, this, this is a fan-driven show. This yeah. is a fan-driven yeah. show. You say what you want. <laughs> yeah. He's got 80. Jimbo's got 80 million freaking dollars left on the table. He's not going anywhere. And that's the lovely thing about about this is that Texas A&M, this isn't just a decade worth of over uh, underachieving. Texas A&M's been doing this since uh, they were in the Big 12 in the Southwest Conference doing less with a whole lot more. Yeah, well, you know, they didn't do anything. I mean, they couldn't even win. They, they, they hang their hat on beating Bama, when even with Johnny Menzel. I mean, they beat Bama, but they didn't do really anything else other than that. No, and no. Chuck brings up a good another good point. The transfer portal is closing the gaps between teams, not seniors. That's perfectly right. Why do you think guys like Jimbo, Dabo, and Saban? I've got caught so much hell from my own fan base about the contract that Dabo got. I was totally against it. You know, you lose your coordinators and you give them ten. You know, it's like they don't want the players to get played a lot. Or players to get paid a lot, but they won 115 for 10 mil, you know, 10 years for 115 million. But when you lose yeah. your coordinators, you've got to prove it. Jimbo, you know, he gets automatic 75 guaranteed to go to AM. Off of what? What Jameis Winston done? You know, what did he do at Texas AM to get that contract extension? What did Dabo do without Venables and Elliott and Scott to get that contract extension? So I'm telling you right now, I said it the other night, and I'll say it again, I stand by it. This is not a prisoner of the moment deal. If Arkansas can contain Bryce Young, they will beat Bama. They will beat Alabama, and it's going to be a tough game. You, This is going to be one of them games. I'm telling you, you can't let them back in the game because look what happened against Texas. And when we get into the Alabama play, Alabama played horrible. They didn't do it, and it wasn't like this fluke where – Things weren't going right. They just was not playing good. And I, I think, you know, when – and then they barely beat an unranked – this is what tells you this was the most alarming thing that has me believing Arkansas has a chance. Alabama being Alabama, businesslike. You're the number one team, number two team in the nation. You've won all these national championships. You beat an unranked Texas team in Texas, and after the game, you got guys flexing over the guy doing the horns down. (laughs) That right there is a big red flag that these guys are acting like they've never been there before. And you know what? If this this whole segment comes back to bite me in the butt, I don't care. But I think Nick Saban's losing a little bit of grip. I think, you know, he is... And I think it has to do with the NIL. I think these kids are wanting the money, and he's starting. I'm not saying they're going to go eight and four, nine and you know whatever. They might end up winning it all again this year. But I'm saying he is starting to seem like he is losing a grip on his players because this NIL. Because if you're flexing over a Texas guy over a 2019 win over an unranked Texas team. That shows me that Arkansas has a chance because they're going to come in hungry. It's going to be in Fayetteville. And they're going to give them everything they got. And look, and it's time for 
the these new teams to come up and and establish themselves as as uh, playoff contenders. Because my wife and I were talking about it last night uh, while we were watching the Kentucky and Florida game. It's time for some of these new schools to step up, like your Arkansas, like your Kentuckys, uh, like your Oklahoma States, uh, and and BYU. These teams that are coming up that are that are playing good football right now. Arkansas is one of them, man. And and they look really good doing it. I mean, outside of the pass defense, I don't see any weakness on this team. They've got a bully offensive line. And when Sam Pittman goes up there and he challenges his offensive line to say, you're going to go out there and you're going to exhort your will against the South Carolina team and we are going to break their hearts on the offensive line. And then he said the same thing about the defensive line. They, they went out there playing with their hats on fire. Mm-hmm. And so Arkansas, man, they're – they're on the verge of something special. And, and I was saying it before the season. I don't know if I really believed that Arkansas was going to win 10 or 11 games. I've been saying it. But I, I actually believe it right now, Porter, because the way this, like you said, the way these teams are playing in the on the schedule down, uh, down the stretch, especially the next couple of weeks, Arkansas, they look like the alphas moving yeah. forward, man. They well, they look like the favorites. Well, and they're they're I one know. of the few teams playing very complete ball. You look at look at Florida. Yeah. They you know, and Richardson was supposed to be the new king of college football, and he's the new number one quarterback in the SEC. But then they get beat by Kentucky. You know, Arkansas yeah. goes out and plays Cincinnati. They have a great game. Then they come back and and play. You know, this game and just against South Carolina. I know South Carolina is kind of you know down, but they're up and coming and just. They on offense, they impose their will. And if you, like I said, if you give up that, you take away that final seven minutes of the game where I felt like they just brought the foot off the pedal a little bit. And part of that could be to keep your guys healthy, but you know, they looked dominant and they looked like, other than Georgia, they looked like the most complete team. Like when you look at the first two weeks of the call, and this is not Homer, this is not sunshine pumping, this is legit how I feel. Other than Georgia, they look like the most complete team that has played the best ball through two yeah. weeks of SEC play. And real quick, I mean, outside of the SEC, look at Ohio State. They look beatable. Yeah. I mean, they beat a bad Notre Dame team 21 to 10, but then bounced back yesterday and beat Arkansas State 35 to 12. They they don't look like they're gelling on offense and their defense is okay. But I mean, there's teams in front of you. Michigan's playing well. I, yeah. I think they're I think they're playing well inside the top four. But Arkansas, I mean, there's teams ahead of them I think they can beat. I think Arkansas's really, really good. I mean, I, and I hate to say that. I don't hate to say it, actually, but it, it feels good to say it because you, you look where Arkansas was maybe three years ago, and now you can pump up your chest, pump your chest out and say, this is where we're at, man. And we've got it good. we got it going good right now. And, and I want to see it keep on going. It, it, it just kind of feels weird to say that, Man, looking back, Arkansas was basically in the death penalty three seasons ago, and now here they are in the top ten, and they actually look like a top ten team compared to what they did last year when they were ranked eighth going into Georgia. This is a whole more physical squad than uh, what they were last year, Porter. Yeah, and, and we'll touch on more of that after the break. We're, yeah. we're going to yeah. give our sponsors a big shout. Afterwards, we'll talk about the top ten ranking. We're, we're going to talk about, you know uh, – Coming up, you know, Missouri State, Bobby Petrino coming to town. What's it looking like for the game against Texas A&M down in Jerry World? And we'll give a little bit 
uh, talk about some volleyball, six sweeps in a row, first time since 01-02. Softball started their fall camp, and then soccer played BYU, and they're playing Grand Canyon right now. So I'll get an update on that, and we'll talk some more football after the break. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. Dot com. If you want the best service and prices in Northwest Arkansas and Southwest Missouri for all your plumbing and electrical needs, then look no further than Corey Hyman, the plumbing electrical supply guy. Corey's in full steam ahead and providing the best electrical, plumbing, and septic supply service around. So call Corey at 479-301-8220 or email him at chyneman, that's H-I-N-D-M-A-N, at andersonp.com. Again, that is 479-301-8220. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And we want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk podcast. And, and as we were talking about, you know, a, a big discussion today, we found out that Arkansas did crack the top 10 in the AP poll. And, you know, kind of wanted to, before we got into it, it, it I, I kind of got a um, kind of a little perturbed, a little irritated. It's like the fans have been crying and, and, and rank us and rank us, you cowards, and rank us. And then it's like we're ranked, and the first thing I see is well, we're not a top-10 team. Well, thank goodness that uh, you know all these teams lost, which, yes, because all these teams lost, that's how rankings work. If teams in front of you lose, you win, you get moved up. But it's like, come on, you know, it's like, where's this? We want our team to be ranked. They get ranked, and then you just complain about it. You piss all over it. It's like, be happy. I mean, do, do y'all want y'all want Chad Morris back? I mean, it's like, look look at where you were two, three years ago. Quit being selfish and quit being, you know, ungrateful because there's a lot of Hog fans that have sit there, and, and there's just a few. There's just a few comments. For the most part, you know, 90% of the fans are sitting there loving it and, and going along with it. But it's just those few that just want to sit there and just complain about it. It don't matter what we post or what we say. Somebody's always got to complain about it. Your team went from the seller, the laughing stock, the basement, according to SEC Shorts. They were in the basement. And now they're working their way up, and now they're in the top ten. Please embrace it. I know the real rankings don't matter until the college football playoff rankings come out. We know this. But but it's not like your team's a top 10 team every year. And for them to really celebrate where they are, they're coming from Club Dub and celebrating a win over Colorado State to now you're in the top 10. Embrace it. 
because your team's good and they've been good for two years now and they're moving up. Yeah, you're right. And, and these guys, I mean, like I said earlier, this is a complete team. And I think Kara Bryant said it in the comment earlier. This is a complete team that Arkansas has. You look at all the defensive side of the ball. At linebacker, you've got two great uh, linebackers in Bubba Pool and Drew Sanders. One of them, who was just named Defensive Player of the Week nationally, not SEC, nationally. The guy is having a solid season. Bumper Pool, he's always going to be there. Dude actually went out there and returned to kick. The guy oh, was yeah. an athlete out there. That was that was that was cool, man. He had, he showed him some speed too. I was hoping he was going to get to the end zone. Oh yeah, and that was your, awesome. And then you had like the transfer portal uh, giving you the talent that you need to go and be a top ten team. You wouldn't be a top ten team if it wasn't for Nooney McLaughlin. It wouldn't if it wasn't for Drew Sanders. If it wasn't for uh, uh, Jaden Hazelwood uh, saying heel to a bunch of those South Carolina players that he stiffed arm on uh, that one play, like and KJ Jefferson just playing really mistake-free football. That's what Arkansas needs is a guy that that he's not going to wow you passing. He'll have a couple of good games here and there. Well, he'll throw 250, 300 yards. But the guy is an absolute beast, and you don't want to see him. When he gets to that second level, I hate being a defensive back or a linebacker that has to line up against him because the guy's going to power right over you. You've got a – I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent here. No, you're good. You've got Rocket Sanders, number five. You better look at him a little bit closer. He's a football player. The guy is just an absolute stud back there. Uh, he keeps on getting better every single game. And then you have Rashad Dabinian coming in there, who's a good change of pace back. A.J. Green showing out. Where's Dominique Johnson when he comes back healthy uh, soon? Where's he going to be at? Where's his Gary's going to come from? And, like, I just – in this offensive line that th- when they hear something, it's, they're like men possessed. And they're going to go out there and just maul you to death. And that's what I – this team is complete. I don't know. I don't want know what kind of game these people are watching. The the minority that say this Arkansas team is not a top ten team, but they're obviously not watching the same uh, with the same view that ninety nine percent of us are watching it uh, from. Because this Arkansas team is special. They may not go and win you a national championship or an SEC championship this season, but man, by golly, they're going to give you their best effort every single game, and they're going to win you. Then they're going to make you dang proud of it too. Yeah, and if they sure those things up on defense, I think that's where some of the people are saying, you know, we got to get our yeah. secondary. We can't let teams like South Carolina – if we're – and this is what I kind of said uh, uh, when I was being critical about K.J. Jefferson. You know, in him coming into the SEC and him being a number three quarterback in the league, you've got to act like one. All right, if you want to be considered a top ten team, you can't let – non-ranked teams put up 30 points on you. You can't let them come back in the game. You can't you, – you got to sit there, and I know there's going to be wars. There's going to be these teams that you're just battling with. But that if, if you really want to be considered a legitimate top-10 team, because if you win next week against Missouri State, you might move up to nine. You might move up to eight. Then if you beat Texas A&M, you might move up to – this could be a top-five matchup. It could be. But, you know, when it comes to that defensive side of the ball, that is the only thing. They are playing a complete game, but as in you're losing two of your you know, your, your secondary with Sluster and Catalan, I, 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 it's hard for me to say they are a complete team because we're looking more at the offensive side of things. We're looking at the linebacker play and the defensive line play, but – you got to sure up some things in that secondary for me to say this is a hundred percent 
complete team, but they can get there. You know, with the things yeah. with Clark, you know, and, and getting someone in there in Catalan's spot to uh, really – Glothrin, you know, getting these guys more reps and getting these guys more comfortable in, in, in the offense and the defense – you know, they have a chance to beat that really complete team. And I'm telling you, you're going to need it because once you get into this stretch of A&M and Alabama and then you got Auburn, Ole Miss, LSU, you know, there's going to be some wars. And there's going to, they're going to test you. The more you play, the more film they have on you. So you're going to have to be able to adjust. But when you got the best coordinators, I, I think, in the nation, you know, it's easy to have that with that adjustment. Yeah. So going into Missouri State Week and and now knowing they went to the FCS playoffs last season, this, besides the passing defense, I don't really know if Arkansas like are they ready for this. I mean, I mean, everybody knows Bobby Petrino's coming back to town. The team knows the history. They know what happened uh, eleven years ago with with him falling off his bike and then just wrecking this program into the ditch. We're still feeling the uh, effects of it now because they're finally bouncing back. What is, besides that, what do you, uh, I mean, besides that storyline with Bobby Petrino coming to Fayetteville, what worries you about this game moving forward? Looking ahead. That's in in these games, in these games, when you're playing down to competition, I'm not even looking at Missouri state. If you're, if you're 10 years later, still focused on, and this is team, not fans. Yeah. Yeah. This is not fans. I'm, I'm specifically speaking about the coaches and the players because the players 10 years ago were eight years old, you know, nine years old, 10 years old. Okay. If you let that even bother you, if, if this was somebody who was with your program and left, Kind of like, say, let's say a Chad Morris or John L. Smith, and they're at another D1 program, like a Kentucky. They went to Auburn. They went to LSU. Somebody relevant. Then maybe, maybe. But you cannot let that even be a factor in where you're wanting to be because you're a top-10 team. This is FCS team. You've got Texas A&M. Yes, this is a thing where you want to get your run game you want to impose your will, get the score up, get get about 21, 28 points ahead, and then you fine-tune things. Yeah. that That's what you have to do. If you want to sure up your secondary and you want to sure up your defense, you, you have to really take care of business and really work and fine-tune these things on defense that you need to work on. I'm not worried about the offense. I'm, no, I'm really not. There's nothing about this offense, and, and, and the receiver core was my only worry, and, of course, the offensive line blocking. But they're, they're blocking enough because you have a quarterback that is a threat. You can't, he's not a pocket passer, so that you're not looking for him to, to collapse on a, on a pocket passer. He can run. He's running the RPO. He's throwing the ball. He's not making mistakes. They know they're not, he's not turning the ball over, so they're going to respect him. They're not going to treat KJ like he's prone to – to um, turning the ball over, you know. So you you get these guys. This will be a good game where you get Dominic Johnson some touches to get his rhythm going back because you're going to yeah. need these backs against Texas A&M, Alabama, these SEC defenses. You're going to – you having three solid backs, possibly four with Sanders, DeBinion, Dominic Johnson, and then Green, that is nothing but arsenal. And then you have your, your offensive weapons at wide receiver. 
I mean, this could be one of the most balanced teams we've had in a long time at Arkansas. And if you get your defense in shape and get them to where they're not making those mental lapses, as I said a couple of weeks ago, this could be a dangerous team, and they could. And they're already getting the recognition for being a top-10 team. But if you if you come into this game not focused on the sole thing of winning this game, getting past Missouri State, not even wor- looking at Texas A&M, taking care of business and getting things cheered up for this big stretch, everything else will be a loss. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I like what Kevin says, though, real quick before we get to Chuck's. He says, I hope we give Bobby Petrino some respect. He did do some great things. And I'll say this because I'm not going, probably not going to be on Wednesday's show. But I will give Bobby Petrino the absolute respect. And this is what I'm going to share. He's a guy, he, he did absolutely incredible things at a time where we had just lost Houston Nutt uh, to Ole Miss. And Bobby came and when Arkansas was at rock bottom five and seven uh, year one and came up there and took Arkansas to the heights they had never achieved before in the BCS. Like that was that was simply incredible and fun times. And I'll always remember those fun times. I don't always I don't glare I don't glance back and think about the bike wreck and, and the things that happened after that. I remember the good times and man, the heck with Chad Morris. <laughs> He gets no respect. That's, no, that's what Kevin no. says. No, and, and, <laughs> and on no the Bobby Petrino deal. There's no good times. The, the Bobby Petrino deal. They, Arkansas knew what they were getting when, when they got him. They did. It, it, I mean, they dude, look at the way he left. And, and you don't even look at the wreck or what he did and his arrogance and stuff. Look, you look at how he left the place. And, and you always, when you're looking at a, at a worker's mentality, that's why we have a thing called a two-week notice. You know, you want to be respectful to your employer when you go look for another job. He didn't even yeah. give – he left in the middle of the night and didn't even tell his players. That tells you right there what kind of coach you were getting, what type of person. So, surprise, he had this wreck. I think he got wrecked by a certain coach or somebody at Arkansas. But, you know, it's it's one of them things that, you know – he just did some things that were questionable, and he got karma. So, yeah. but on the flip side, Arkansas knew what they were getting when they, you know, you, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. And they chose to sit there. It's almost like our, our, our buddy Blake Rafino down in LSU. He said that LSU made a deal with the devil to win the national championship in 2019. Because look what that happened with that fallout. We've seen what Coach O said at the Little Rock Touchdown Club. He don't care. Give me my $17 million, I'm going to go party. You know, I mean, it's just one of them things yeah. that I don't, I don't have any ill will towards the guy. It was 10 years ago. You know, what he did was wrong. But you know what? I mean, Arkansas kind of asked for it. I mean, that's almost like – you you hire a guy to run your cash register that's a known bank robber, he's going to rob you. And when Absolutely. he robs you blind, you're going to be like, oh, I didn't see it coming. You you know, the, the joke's on you. So, I mean, but look at where Arkansas is at now. Everything happens for a reason. And I, I was even talking to somebody the other day about, um, oh, I'd found a, a Mitch Mustang football in a, in a flea market in Prairie Grove. And it was underneath the rack, and I ended up giving my buddy Zach Orange, you know, because he's a big Springdale guy. But we were talking about, you know, Gus Malzahn and how he would have probably been the head coach at Arkansas if they had not have beaten Alabama. But mm-hmm. look how everything plays in the fact of look where we are now. And yep. we could be year three and 
Gus Malzahn a year four and the Gus Malzahn still being mediocre. Yeah. They beat Alabama. We got Sam Pittman, and now we've got the best coaching staff that we could ever ask for. Yeah. I mean, top to bottom, these coaches are equals, man. I don't think Sam Pittman sees himself – yeah, he might be the head coach, but I don't ever think he sees himself as I'm better than you because he still leans on uh, Barry Odom for uh, help as a head coach. I mean, the guys – the, Sam Pittman is one of the most humble human beings that I've ever met. I mean, I met him one time, but you know, he's one of the most humble guys in the coaching profession and the guy that, that all he wants to do is win and be great. And, and I saw the tweet by Pete Thamel this morning about uh, Nebraska when they fired Scott Frost and he put uh, 14 of 14 of the head coaches around the country. And Sam Pittman just happened to be on that, on that list. And look, I don't, Sam Pittman's not going anywhere. He said this is going to be his last job. The guy's 60 years old. He's not looking for another job. He wants to get the job done in Arkansas. And if he doesn't get the job done, he says he's going to be gone. So, and 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 then go off into the sunset. So, well, I'm not too worried about it. And here's the deal, Jacob. We're going to be all right. What's up? Listen, he, he these guys like Pete Thamel and Aaron Torres love Aaron. Love Pate. Love the guys. This is nothing yeah. against them. They know how to click this Arkansas fan base. They, they know. They Look do. how many watch lists or whatever Muscleman's been on. They know if you mention anything Arkansas, it's going to get 10 more thousand clicks or 10 more thousand views than what it would. Do you think Pete Thamel really thinks Sam Pittman's going to take that job? No. But let's throw his name in there. Because we know what it's going to do. I mean, that's the thing. I think it's funny. Like, I, I was trying to share the video, but there was a video that Arkansas football shared. It was after the game of – it was a little two-second clip of Pittman laughing. It's like I wanted to share that with that quote tweet because it's like it's comical, but yet he they know what they're doing. That's why they have all these followers and they get all these likes yeah. because they know yeah. Arkansas, bless your hearts, but you're the easiest fan base in the nation to pander with. <laughs> You, you, and it's nothing bad against this fan base. It's just you're the easiest fan base. If you say anything negative about this fan base, I could sit there and say on here saying, you know, KJ Jefferson's the tenth best quarterback in the SEC. It's going to blow up, and everybody's going to throw fit about it. You know, if I was somebody like Pete Thamel, because look what's happened. Look what Tim Tebow. Do you think maybe he'd left KJ off that list just to get interactions? You never know. You know what I'm getting no, at? Like you look at the. Talk about Tim Tebow for yeah. a second, too, because that guy doesn't show Arkansas respect either. The guy stole a freaking Heisman. Highway robbery there, man. Stole the freaking Heisman when he was 9-3 and three, uh, and not any better than Arkansas was that season. Dude goes out there and steals a Heisman and then has the uh, audacity to pick Texas over Arkansas last year on SEC Nation. And then, and then he puts out that garbage list of quarterbacks. I mean – Man, I'm about tired of sick and tired of Tim T, but all he's there for is just the the name. Because you know he's just well. The most that, that, guy. That's the world we're in. Look at look at uh, look at Desmond Howard's top four who he had in the playoffs. Three of the four teams lost. lost. You know, yeah. it's what it look. We're in the world of we want clicks and likes and interaction. Yeah, and and yeah. people like Stephen A. Smith has said that the top guys will tell you that if we go yeah. along with what you want to hear. It's going to be boring. It's going to be, you know, so 
they give somebody a topic. It's like debate class. They give somebody a topic. Okay, you're going to go against it. Whether you believe it or not, you still got to make a case for it. That's where right. all this. I mean, why do you think there's seven hours of debate shows on ESPN? First take. They had cold pizza. They had, you know, around the horn. The you know, pardon the interruption. All those shows that are debate driven shows. That's where we're at. So, you know, it, yeah. it, it's just funny that they let you keep on getting you time and time again. They, they're they wanting to put somebody on that list or leave somebody off that list because they know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start doing that. That way I can get followers and, yeah. and get interactions. Yeah. I already do pretty well going to get interactions. So I'm just going to start throwing crap up against the wall. Arkansas is number one in the country. Well, that that would that would not. I, uh, if you come out and said no, Bama's overrated or um, KJ should be in the Heisman or whatever, you know, or you know, look at all these people who said Rattler was supposed to be in the Heisman, you know, contention list. You know, it's it's things that are if you're consistently saying outlandish things just to get a rise out of people, it's going to happen. But I mean, it's just. Oh, yeah. We got one of the best athletic programs as a whole in the country. I mean, it's proven and proven again. You know, you've got every program on the on the way up, and it's it's a good. I'll tell you what, the second week in a row, it's a really you go undefeated as Razorback. So, you know, it's a good weekend to be a Razorback. Yeah, yeah talk about that volleyball team and, and soccer program. <clears throat> well, the the volleyball team is. I mean, they went out to Colorado. And just swept the competition out there in Colorado with Colorado State, FIU, and Alabama State. Then Colorado comes to Barnhill today, and they get swept. And, yeah. you know, this team is this is six sweeps in a row for this Arkansas volleyball program, and they have not done it since the 2001-2002 season. And I had a chance to go to the game today and, and check in on the softball, the softball fall scrimmage that they're having. Oh, yeah. Inter-squad scrimmage, and I'm telling you, with the freshmen they have, they're looking really sharp. This is the first time they've been on the field in, in, a, in a scrimmage setting. They're going to do it for four weeks, and then they're going to start playing other teams. But this volleyball team's on fire right now, and they have a huge matchup coming up with Kentucky in the next week. And I'm telling you what, if you want to go watch this volleyball team play, it's going to be – they have um, Georgia Tech coming up on Thursday, which the fifth-ranked team in the country – it playing in Barnhill at 7 o'clock on Thursday. They got NC State on Friday, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, then Kentucky. So, I mean, they got a, a tough road ahead of them, especially with the Georgia Tech, which they went out to Georgia Tech last year and played. But I'm telling you what, Maggie Cartwright, Taylor Head, Gillen, Gracie Ryan, I mean, this team is loaded, stacked, I mean, I, I put out a tweet today, like, I want to see the exit velocity on some of these kills. And these girls' oh, yeah. forearms that they're catching these digs off of, I mean, it's insane how just hard these balls are coming off their arms and then getting in position, throwing them. I mean, you want to talk about throwing yourself around the court. I mean, there's no lack of hustle with this team. Coach Watson is another one that is just – Building a solid program at the University of Arkansas with this volleyball team, and more fans need to get out there and watch it. I mean, it, it's crazy. You know, you go. It was really, honestly, my first time to ever be in Barnhill. I've never been inside Barnhill because, one, when I was young enough, when Barnhill was around, you couldn't get a ticket to save your life. 
And so it was it was really cool going in there and watching watching the volleyball team play today and you know, and then going over to Bogle this morning and kind of catching some of the scrimmage. But again, so proud of just every, you know, program, soccer team, you know, going and tying BYU. They're playing Grand Canyon. Um, that starts, it started at nine. So I don't know if they've already started. I'm going to check right now and see if they've started. But, you know, to go tie, I mean, they were in a bit of a shootout with, with BYU. So, I mean, BYU is ranked 13th in the nation, and it was at BYU. So, guys, get out there. I mean, if you want some good quality, I mean, it's cheaper to go to a Razorback soccer game, volleyball game, softball game, than it is to go to a high school game. You know, the weather was beautiful. It's starting to turn a little bit cooler. You know, it's going to be actually enjoyable to go out there. They're playing – you know, they're playing tough competition now. These teams are playing whoever, whenever, whatever they're ranked. And then you've got women's basketball coming up in a couple of months. So, I mean, it's going to get nothing but better for the athletics at Arkansas. Man, and thinking about, you know, even on the men's side of things, you, you're you the women's guru, man, and you do a really good job. Man, The I'm looking forward to that men's basketball team, dude. With all, I mean, I think we with the success that the Arkansas football team's had to start the year, I've kind of forgotten about Nick Smith, Anthony Black, Jordan Walsh, and all those guys. Uh, man, it, it, this this fall and this winter, there is going to be some good ball played over the next few months, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. I, I, man, I'm ready for football and basketball season to overlap. Mm-hmm. Some, that's probably some of the best times of the year, man, and when basketball overlaps with baseball. But, and I'm really looking forward to it. Looking forward to Arkansas uh, taking on Missouri State this Saturday. Uh, don't wear your neck braces. I know there's, I know there's entire stuff. Don't, don't, that's, don't wear your I neck mean, braces. that joke, that's like a dad joke. <laughs> that joke so wore out. I mean, but you know oh, what? It, it's part of the pageantry. Is You know, oh, welcoming yeah. back with style. I just – I, I want to see somebody ride a motorcycle. I think, I think what they need to do is whoever is carrying that flag, when they come out of the eight, they need to ride on a motorcycle. <laughs> I think that way, dude. You come out with the flag on a motorcycle with a neck brace on. <laughs> would that not be? Oh, man. That yeah, would be pretty be cool. Great. But here that I am contradicting myself and not even. T- I'm telling everybody not to even worry about that mess. And then here I go. Oh, you need to be on a bike. You need to be on a Harley with a neck brace on. But no, it's going to be good. But I'm telling you, my our, our buddy Pat Jenkins. You know, he follows the basketball team really closely. And he was watching some of these, you know, practices over the summer, and he said that he's not ever seen an intense practice over the summer since the 93-94 season. And he's been covering the team and being, you know, part of that program for a long time. And just the intensity, just the talent level that he is seeing in that gym – they're gonna. It's iron sharpened. That's gonna be like the. I, I think the slogan of this team is what's gonna make them so good. Is iron sharpens iron. The, yeah. Your all Americans are going up against all Americans. You know you can roll ten deep with all Americans and, and all SEC performers, and it's gonna be like an all SEC performer last year could be sitting on the bench this year. You you do not know what we're gonna get. No, absolutely not. I mean, we had Barry Dunning and Trevin Brazil out there balling out. You had Kamani Johnson. Who's got that dog in him? Dog. I love, I love yep. Johnson. Yeah, not dog. Not dog. This dog. This dog. I mean, man, it's good times on in, in on the hill in Fayetteville, man. Porter, it, it's getting exciting. I love covering the Razorbacks. This is 
this is the most fun I've had uh, in my life covering the Razorbacks professionally. You know, so man, it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun uh, next couple of months, Porter. And I really think Arkansas, especially on the football side of things, man, I think they can match the excitement of what the basketball team is going to bring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I I think it's going to be you know, and this is going to be a team that if they're playing North Carolina and T, if they're playing Central Arkansas, they're playing whoever. It's going to be a packed house because everybody wants to see this team because they know, yeah. for the most part, Nick Smith Jr. is probably going to be a number one draft pick, in the top five. You know, barring something crazy, but you know, this is going to be in our and I say in most people's lifetime because it's been twenty five, twenty six years, whatever since the 94 team. You know, it's going to be a lot of people's, look, this is where we're getting old. I'm 40. So we're going to have to realize, like, when it gets old, this is going to be the first time that any of these kids, any of these people in their 20s and their 30s have ever witnessed their team really good. This This is why this craziness is happening. You're talking about the Texas game last year. We got to remember that this is the first time for a generation that they've got to see their football team be really good. You look at the 10 years, 10 years doesn't seem that long ago, but when you look at the fans that are in college when they were in grade school or when they were in the 20s and now they're in the 30s, there's a big jump in between watching and we've never had a, a program as a whole. If you just want to go down to your top three, you know, your baseball, basketball, and, and football programs, that it's never been this successful since the 70s. No. So, but we're pushing up on the hour Wednesday. We're going to try to have somebody come on. I don't know if it's going to be a guest to, uh, you know, recap the first couple of weeks. I I don't really know. I mean, I'm just going to be honest and this is no shade. I I don't think anybody's going to be too interested in us having a guest on from the Missouri state side, breaking down the game. So we'll have something going on on Wednesday for sure. We might even just do a, a short little show with somebody and then have a spaces, and just get your interaction on it. But we'll definitely have a Wednesday show at 8.30, so tune in. But for Jacob, unless you got anything else, brother, I'll sign us off. It's time. We top 10. Go Hogs. All right. Well, that will do it for another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast presented by Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas. And we will catch you on Wednesday. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.